folks, this is Ricky Warwick from Thin Lizzy, and you are listening to Iron City Rocks. Hi, this is AJ Perro from Twisted Sister, and you are listening to John and Iron City Rocks. Hi there, boys and girls. This is Mickey D speaking uh, from Motherhead, and uh, right now we're doing touring Canada, and right now you are listening to Iron uh, City Rocks. So stay tuned, and hopefully we we'll see you on the road or... Catch on your album, The World Is Yours. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Don Jameson from That Metal Show, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. Horns up. All right, Pittsburgh! You are the best! You got the best! Hello and welcome to episode 139 of the Iron City Rocks podcast. We'd like to welcome you uh, to the show. Tonight we're going to be speaking to uh, a man who really needs no introduction if you're a metal fan. Uh, whether you get the television channel VH1 Classic or you don't, I'm sure you, if you're a metal fan, you've probably at least checked it out online. Tonight we'll be joined by Don Jameson of VH1 Classic's That Metal Show. Uh, many of you are not familiar with Don's background. Uh, he's been a comedian for uh, quite some time. Also worked on uh, Inside the NFL and uh, a couple other TV shows. The Emmy Award winning Don Jameson, I should say, as we'll get into the details of that in the interview. So, uh, one of the things, uh, and the reason we talked to Don was his affiliation with a charity that we've become affiliated with called FallenBlue.org. For those of you who've been with the podcast for a while, last summer I had the pleasure of talking to AJ Piro of Twisted Sister. AJ is the national spokesperson for FallenBlue.org, which is an organization that is designed to provide assistance to families of police officers that are killed outside of the line of duty. Uh, as many of you know, uh, policemen get uh, heroes, uh, a well-deserved hero's welcome or uh, send-off uh, when they pass in the line of duty. Uh, but these men and women uh, take very dangerous jobs, uh, unfortunately, that not always paid to the level at which they deserve, especially uh, municipal police officers, rural police officers and such. Um, and it can put a real strain on their family. They put their lives on the line every day. Um, inevitably, it seems like when we hear of one passing, uh, it involves young families and things like that. So Fallen Blue kind of takes a, a different approach in helping those who are... are left with a loss uh, when it isn't in the line of duty and unfortunately the, you know, the benefits maybe aren't quite as great at that point so we uh, wanted to talk to Don about his affiliation with the charity so we're going to get into that interview now Ladies and gentlemen from VH1's That Metal Show Don Jameson, how you doing Don? What's up, man? Good to be with you today. I appreciate you taking the time. i got to ask you, as a, as a kid growing up, I mean, obviously you were a fan of, of rock and metal and things like that, but how did you come to be a comedian? And I guess the, the ultimate question, how do you talk your parents into letting you become a comedian? <laughs> um, you hide it from them. Yeah. 
for like four years, so you actually get, you know, kind of good, and then you go, hey, uh, you know, I, I think I forgot to mention something to you. As a hobby, I uh, took up comedy. <laughs> and um, it was great, though, man, because, you know, my dad is, um, my parents both are real blue-collar people. My dad climbed telephone poles for a living, like, you know, for the power company in New Jersey. I mean, real back-breaking work, you know, and... Yeah, my dad was, like, real good with his hands. Like, he'd take a car apart, you know, and just Mm -hmm. put it right back together. And, you know, he tried to get me to do all that stuff, and my brain was just never wired that way. Um, But my dad, like, worked, like, these crazy overtimes, you know, working, like, you know, 24-hour shifts, like, in the middle of winter, you know, 20 below, climbing telephone poles to put me through college. And then I'm like, you know, I think I'm going to do comedy, now, is this after and, you went uh, to college or during your t- time in college? It was after I went to college. So, yeah. he, you know, he had busted his ass for all those <laughs> years to put me through college, and I basically said, you know, I'm going to do absolutely nothing with that. Yeah. Uh, but I want to tell jokes. But to their credit, man, the first time they came and saw me, they, you know, we got in the car together, and they were like, you know, you're pretty good at it. Yeah. You know, so if that's what you want to do, go for it. And you know, I would have done it anyway, but I'm, I'm glad I got their blessing. Yeah, it, that always helps. It certainly does. Now, how did you, um, now obviously you have um, kind of an obvious love of, of hard rock music, as I mentioned, but how did you guys, how did you hook up with Metal Blade? I mean, that, that's kind of an odd thing to, you know, to see a comedy release coming on Metal Blade Records. Yeah, I'm not, my, uh, my album, Live and Hilarious, is the first comedy album that um, was signed to Metal Blade. You know, they're, they're going into their 30th year now of... Uh, putting out great metal releases. You know, they've done everybody from Slayer to King Diamond to Raven to King's X to, you know, you name it. I mean, Brian Slagle, the head of that label, you know, basically founded Metallica, you know. Sure. He, he got that band put together so that they can could do a song for their mm-hmm. for his Metal Massacre compilations that he was doing many years ago. But, uh, but I, you know, Brian was like one of my one of my metal heroes, even though he wasn't a musician, because I used to, I loved all those compilations he did in the early days when I was, you know, a teenager, and, you know, I followed Metal Blade all those years, so I was so excited to meet him one time, and we just, you know, we just kind of hit it off, and, you know, I had opened for Twisted Sister and a couple other bands at the time doing my comedy, so he sent me on the road with one of his bands called Charred Walls of the Damned, Mm -hmm. and uh, we played rock clubs, and I did my comedy set, on the road opening, and, um, you know, he came out and saw a few shows, and, you know, after a few too many glasses of wine, I think he offered me a record deal. Now, I have, I, as a comedian, I have to say, that probably is, is a, takes a special kind of comedian to be able to open for Twisted Sister and, and things like that. I mean, is that, that it's probably a different experience than playing your local, you know, comedy club improv yeah, type place? Yeah, well, you have to have no shame. Yeah. You have to be, you have to be real, you have to be like a metal band. You have to be relentless and, uh, you know, you really have to, you know, kind of go out there and go for it. But, uh, you know, when I started opening for some rock bands, obviously because of the success of the TV show, I've been able to do, you know, all this yeah. fun stuff. But, um, you know what I found out, man, after I did that Twisted Sister show, that was my first big one, like in front of like 2,000 people. Mm-hmm. And, um, I got off stage and I was like, yeah, you know, it was, it was, it was a, t- it's a tough gig, but it was just like the, the crappy bar gigs I used to do when I was first starting out, mm-hmm. you know. 
like I drive out to the middle of Pennsylvania for like fifty bucks. Yeah. You know, it's some to some sports bar where they, you know, the Phillies would be, in, you know, it'd be like the sixth game of the World Series, and, the, and they wouldn't turn the TVs off. People didn't know there was even a comedy show. You know, and then they go, all right, the comedian's on, and they're like, you know, they just start booing, and they're like, if you could win those people over, you could do, you know, you could win anybody over. Yeah. Now, how did how did you um? Get kind of tied up. Obviously, you, you've worked in television for a little bit. I should, I guess, I should interview, introduce you as the Emmy award-winning Don Jameson. Um, you, you were in TV for a period of time before that mental show, correct? Yeah, you know, I, I had done a, a couple pretty low profile on, on some networks that, that don't even exist anymore. But, uh, but the one cool thing, yeah, that me and Jim Florentine uh, did together, uh, be, being both being huge sports fans. Was we got to work on um, Inside the NFL when it was on HBO, mm-hmm. one of the one of the last seasons that they that they had it on there, and that was just such a killer experience. And yeah, I mean, I mean, no, who would have thought? You know, two slobs from Jersey who think yeah. farts, you know, are in their mid forties who think farts are funny, and <laughs> you know, were any award winners. Yeah, and then um, how did how did that transition? Like, how did you guys get? Uh, into the into the metal show. I mean, did VH1 kind of approach you guys, or did they kind of seek out a comedian to go with Eddie's sort of personality, or did you know Eddie uh, prior? Yeah, no, we, we you know we were huge fans of Eddie's radio show. You mm-hmm. know, we drive back from like comedy gigs and stuff. Yeah. Me and Jim, you know, we it was always like we just just got to get in range of Eddie's show. You know, like wherever we were driving back from, we just all we cared about was getting in range so we could hear the show because we're like. This guy can talk about except for twenty minutes. We got to meet this guy. He's awesome. He's like us, you know. So uh, we eventually did meet him. I think backstage, like an offset or something. Okay. Um, you know, obviously we must have snuck back, but you know, he was, you know, out there hobnobbing with all the big shots and stuff. And yeah, you know, we just started guesting on his radio show, and we developed a bit of a chemistry. And you know, when he went in to pitch the show to uh, VH1 Classic, you know, he was like, hey, uh, you know, I have these two friends of mine who guest on my show, and, uh, you know, I'd like to bring them in and sort of do, you know, a sort of a loose version of what we do on the radio, and that's that's what the TV show kind of is. Yeah, and it, and it tells real well, because you've got, you know, he's, you know, his personality is, is what it is, and you guys kind of add a different sense of humor to the show that really I think keeps it pretty lively. Now, in doing the show, and I know from my own experience in dealing with uh, musicians, there's been a lot of people that, uh, you know, come with a reputation before you ever meet them, uh, that turn out to be actually very nice people. Is there anybody that's been on your show that you could say that, you know, you were a little tentative before they came on the show, but then after spending some time, you were kind of like, yeah, this kid's actually pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, I think um, a guy that sticks out for me is uh, Phil Anselmo. Mm-hmm. You know, he's obviously, you know, got a reputation for being a loose cannon, Um you know, Jim and I both were friends with uh, the late great Dimebag Daryl, mm-hmm. and um, you know we got very close with Dime and, and Vinny and Rita and and that whole crew the last couple of years uh, when they were doing Damage Plan. And there was a lot of you know hurt and anger and and really nasty things said back and forth that you know concerned Phil obviously. And, sure. Um, so yeah, so you know when he came to do the show. It was like, well, you know, I could be miserable and be close-minded and say, ah, you know, this guy's a jerk. But I tell you, man, he came on the show. He was cool as hell. He's probably one of the most enter- easily one of the most entertaining guests we ever yeah. had. Yeah, 
Certainly. And he was, you know, I got to say, man, he was a great guest, and uh, I had a lot of respect for him. Cool. Is there is there been anybody that stood out to you as, as kind of like the person that most intimidated you just because of who they were? You know, maybe the guy you had the poster when you were 16 on the wall or anything like that? You, you know what? Those The guys that I had the posters on the wall, you know, I, I actually feel really comfortable with because I almost feel like I know them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like you know, and, and also guys like, like a guy for me would be like Alice Cooper. Sure. But he's such a nice guy. Like we were talking before we started recording. He showed up at the studio 90 minutes early and we're like, Coop, what do you, you need anything? You, you want, you know, someone to go out and get you some food or what? And he goes, no, nah, no. Nah. And he goes, do you have anybody with you? He goes, no, nah, no. Nah, I'm just, I'm, I just, I like to be places early, and I brought a book with me. I'll be fine. Yeah, that's good. And it's like he's such a nice guy. So there was, you know, I mean, there was a definite geek out factor. Sure. But the, but the, the the one guy that kind of made me nervous, which you know, is part of his image, was uh, when we interviewed Marilyn Manson. Sure. Yeah. And you know, on top of that, he was highly intoxicated. <laughs> Throughout the show, sure. Um, so it was sort of like doing an interview with a rock star, but also, you know, babysitting a five-year-old. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a challenge. Yeah. But um, you know, hey, I love that show too. I mean, that show was—that's uh, a, a beautiful train wreck. That show. <laughs> that's a great time, beautiful train wreck. Cause I know what you mean. I, I've interviewed some people uh, who shall remain nameless. So I, I've wondered what they did before they got on the phone because they've been. You know, their answers are almost out of their head, and sometimes you really have to be able to think on your feet. Sometimes when they, you know these answers come back, and you're like, "What in the hell is this person talking about?" Uh, you know, and you know, I guess yeah. Some some guys are not. Some guys aren't really that good at being interviewed. Oh, know? amen. So yeah. that's you know, even if they're you know not all hopped up on something, you know, some sure. guys just aren't aren't great with interviews, and you know that's okay. We've had a few of those, and sure. you know you have to work a little bit harder. Um, to do it, but um, yeah, the thing about Manson was, you know, he came in and he was, yeah, he drank absinthe through the whole show, and mm-hmm. you know, that's, you know, that's his thing. He's, you know, he's a, he's dangerous, you know, and sure. that's that's what makes him a great rock star. Like if you're gonna define a rock star, yeah, that you know, he is. He he scares, you know, soccer moms all over the country, and you know, that's cool. That that element of rock and roll sometimes, you know, gets away from us. Yeah, and speaking of people who have um, kind of scared people, maybe not recently, but certainly caused quite a, a uproar at one point in America, Andrew Dice Clay, and I, I see that you guys are going to be hitting the road with with the Dice Man. What what is that like for a comic? Is that kind of like opening for Sabbath for a, for a metal band? Mm, that's exactly what it is. I mean, Jim and I both do comedy because of Dice, you know, and the fact that you know he started, you know opening for him, and then, you know, when Jim couldn't do some shows, you know, I began doing it, and and then, so we've both been working, you know, with Dice for like the last, you know, five or six years, um, and it's been awesome, yeah, I mean, he's the reason we started doing comedy, so it's, it's you know, it's amazing to go out with him, it's amazing, you know, I've become friends with him, and, and for people who haven't seen him, and I know everybody, oh, you know, he's, it's, you know, he was popular in the late 80s and the early 90s, and where's he been? But I tell you, you go, you go see Dice now. He's, he's better than he's ever been. And it's, you know, it's still all the filth. It's, you know, it's still that character. Mm-hmm. It's just in the modern age now, so. Sure. And there's a guy, I mean, for a comedian, I mean, when you think about it, there's a guy who really 
took it to a whole new level as far as being almost a rock star because, I mean, part of that you had Bill Cosby, you had Eddie Murphy and some things like that, but Dice was such a phenomenon when he hit, you know, playing, you know, relatively decent-sized arenas and things like that. That's, you know, really... Yeah, he, well, that's the thing. That, and, you know, when he he's going to actually be uh, on our show on uh, the 14th of uh, January, um, this coming Saturday. So, mm-hmm. you know... He, you know, we wanted to have him on, not only because he's our friend, but because he is. He's a rock and roll comic. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. you know, and then he was like, we got to go out and do a rock and roll comedy tour. And that, so that's, you know, that's what we're going to do. And he's just great. He's amazing to be on the road with because he is the ultimate ball buster of all time. Sure. It just, it never ends with him. It's just, the shows actually are, are inconveniences. <laughs> It's everything thing. else that he loves, you know. Like we took me and him took a plane one time down to Florida. We were on a little tour down there, and he he's like, uh, he he whispers to me, I'm in the aisle across the street from me. He's like, would it be funny if I took my shirt off? <laughs> I'm like, it'd be the funniest thing in in the in history if you did that. And he takes the shirt off and he just sits there like nothing's wrong. This you know this big you know gargantuan guy with his hairy chest and he's just sitting there reading the in-flight magazine and you know mothers are telling their children i'll look over there <laughs> look out the window over here johnny don't look over there and you know the <laughs> flight attendants are walking by and they don't say anything because they know it's dice and he's just pretending nothing's going wrong and i'm you know and i'm under the seat laughing you're you know, trying to bite inside your lips to keep from viewing <laughs> laughing yeah yeah and you know and then he stands in the aisle and he's talking to me and and you can hear people whispering you know like is that dice clay and standing in the aisle with no shirt on Yes. And that and stuff like that happens all the time. We just have such a good time on the road. Fun time. Um, on a slightly more serious note, uh, Iron City Rocks has be, become involved with with an organization called Fallen Blue over the last couple of months, and I know you're involved uh, to a degree as well. Um, a charity that helps families of, of fallen police officers. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about how you came to be involved with those guys? Um, well, you know, th- that organization got in touch with me through, um, through Metal Blade. Mm-hmm. Um, and they wanted to, you know, to, to interview me and stuff. And, and, and after talking to, uh, to their guy John over there, you know, I, I said to him, I said, you know, I have, um, I have police officers in, my, officers in my family. So, you know, that's a, what those guys do is, is sort of near and dear to my heart. Because what they do is they basically raise money for, for the families of cops who are killed in the line of duty. Um, and having a sister who is married to a cop and who has, you know, three small children, um, you know, that's something that, you know, worries me. Yeah. You know, what if, you know, what if my brother-in-law uh, was killed in the line of duty? You know, my sister would be, you know, a young woman with, with three children on her own and, and how would she support herself? So, you know, that was just sort of something that, uh, you know, he interviewed me a lot about metal and stuff, but then, you know, uh, also the cause of the group was something that uh, yeah, I'm very much behind. Yeah, I mean, these are guys that, uh, you know, they, you know, we get to do some, some fun thing. These these guys, you know, put their, literally put their ass on the line day in and day out, and, you know, some of them are grossly underpaid for what they do, and then, you know, like you said, you've got families and kids, and it you know, unfortunately, I know in our area, I think we've lost, in just in the last few months, several police officers. And it's just, you know, it's heartbreaking when that happens because it seems inevitably it's the one with the four-year-old little boy, you know, and right. things like that. So it's just, you know. Yeah, cops fun. are underpaid. So, I mean, to, 
you know, a lot of cops would work, you know, a couple different jobs just to make ends meet and then sure. support their family. So, you know, when you when you not only take not only taking away a loved one from somebody, but you, yeah. you know, you're taking away their whole way of living. And sure. uh, like I said, you know, I, I, you know, it's very close to me because it's in my family. So, uh, you know, I, I'm definitely involved with them. Um, I want to do, you know, we're working on some events for the spring. In the summer this year, that um, that I could deal with them, but uh, you know, I've always been, I've always, as a comic, you know, I've always wanted to do stuff like that. Sure. Um, because if you can bring a little laughter to some people who need it, you know, that means that means more than anything. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. I've, I've done, you know, nine eleven benefits. I've done, you know, benefits for cancer. I've done, you know, tons of different benefits. Um, so, you know, I'm anxious to do some stuff with these guys as well. Wonderful. Uh, again, you you have a CD out live and dangerous you mentioned. It came out uh, early in the in the year last year, and that's available through Metal Blade. So that's obviously going to be available iTunes, Amazon, and all that stuff. Yeah. And, live and, and hilarious it is. Oh, live and hilarious. My apologies. It's, it's, it's a takeoff of live. See, and you threw me there. You know, you got the you got the Thin Lizzy font and the uh, the close yeah. to. Yeah, yeah takeoff on the great uh, Thin Lizzy live album and. Wow. Uh, you know, I got to show it to Scott Gorham because uh, Thin Lizzy's back out touring again, and uh-huh. uh, he seemed to really dig, you know, my little tribute to him. But then he walked over and started to talk to a guy who kind of looked like a lawyer. So <laughs> I'm thought, not sure. I might be getting a, a letter in the mail pretty soon. Cease and desist. Yes, I, I have to. <laughs> I have to. Admit, I, I, I was unfortunately too too young to remember uh, much about Thin Lizzy, and I think as Americans, we really. We knew the boys are back in town and, and, you know, jailbreak, and that was kind of it. But uh, I was really blown away to see the guys when they opened for Priest. And it, was, it was so great to see them and, and loving going back and, and learning about that band now. So it was just a well, really cool yeah, that's tribute. that's the whole point of doing it. You know, it's, it's just a beautiful tribute to, to Phil's music. And even though he can't be with us, you know, yeah. a couple of the original guys are still in the band. And they're, yeah. you know, they're doing a great representation of the music. But, yeah, it's hopefully, you know, people like you and lots of other people um, sure. are going back and really discovering, like, The Boys Are Back in Town is a great song, but it's, it wouldn't even be in the top, you know, 20. Yeah. Um, if you really go through their catalog and listen, but uh, yeah, they're an amazing band. Yeah, amen. All right, well, I want to thank you for taking the time to come on the show, man. Any any time you need it, man, I'm with you. Pittsburgh, one of the best metal and comedy cities ever. Yeah, that's not football, unfortunately, right now. But yeah, we do what we can. Well, you know, Big Ben was hurt. He, you know, he was up against Tim Tebow and the Lord. It's it's going to be tough to beat that combination with with a broken foot, but. Uh, yeah, but it's still a great town, and but and the pirates will be back someday. <laughs> you and I will be old and gray by then, my friend. Uh, probably. Yeah, I appreciate it very, very much. Take care, brother. I always wanted to learn to play guitar, but never had the time. Then I heard about Progressions Music Studio. Progressions introduced me to an entirely new and convenient method of music instruction. They brought the music to me. The instructors from Progressions Music Studio came to my home with their knowledge and expertise, which saved me time and money. They worked around my schedule and tailored a program around my needs and skill level. Best of all, I learned to play music like a guitar king of the 1960s. We didn't spend all of our time with drills or tunes from the 1860s. Progressions Music Studio offers a lot more than guitar. In fact, they have instructors for almost all instruments. Now I can rock it out on my electric like never before. Just imagine what they can do for you or the budding musician in your family. Don't make excuses, make music. Check them out on the web at progressionsmusicstudio.com. That's P-R-O-G-R-E-S-S-I-O-N-S. 
www.musicstudio.com or call 724-777-4678. All right, a giant thank you to Don Jameson for taking the time out of his uh, obviously very hectic schedule to uh, talk to us about Fallen Blue and, and his career. Um, I will admit that was the first time that we've had a comedian on the show, uh, which was a unique experience. Uh, you never know how to prepare for a comedian. You don't want to end up being the butt of their jokes. And also the first time we've had an Emmy Award winner on the show. So I want to thank him and uh, Metal Blade for making that happen. And also uh, remind you, fallenblue.org to find out more information about the great organization. And hopefully we'll be bringing some events and such to the area to help support their work as well. Uh, speaking of events we're bringing to the area, you can find information about these events at ironcityrocks.com uh, or you can go to druskyentertainment.com to get tickets. Uh, we'll be presenting Uli John Roth, uh, who is one of the uh, kind of founding fathers of the band The Scorpions, uh, kind of a interesting character. Um, hopefully we'll get him on the show at some point. Uh, he is coming to Alter Bar on the 2nd of February uh, to do a show uh, in... Direct support for him is Xander Demos, who has been a guest on the show as well. So we're going to have a really cool night of uh, a guitar there. And then we will be presenting Nile on the 22nd of March. Uh, for those of you not familiar with the technical death metal band Nile, uh, interesting, interesting band, um, worth checking out. And to kind of give a little yin to our yang, for those of you who are familiar with Nile, you know how heavy they are and... For those of you familiar with our next uh, next uh, show, not nearly as heavy, we will be presenting Kip Winger, uh, frontman of the band Winger, obviously, on February 9th at Alter Bar for a special acoustic show. Um, and Kip was uh, gracious enough to come on the show uh, a while back and talk about his career. It's an interview worth going back and listening to if you haven't had the chance. He's a, a very diverse individual. He's been on um, the VH1 reality show about the um, rock and roll fantasy camp obviously he's frontman of winger uh, but also has a, uh, a kind of a budding career in classical composition so uh, really an all-around musician's musician so we're checking out but to get you in the mood for that show i'm going to give you a little taste of what you can expect kip to do acoustically this is a version of miles away uh, done acoustically by kip and uh, we're going to close the show with that we'd like to invite you to check us out at ironcityrocks.com Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, etc. And stay tuned next time for another great episode. Again, this is Kip Winger with Miles Away. Hey, this is Kip Winger, and you're listening to Iron City Rock. So this is love, or so you tell me As you're walking out the door The months go by and I know for certain it's not the love I'm looking for But sometimes, just for a moment I reach out and hope you're still there Miles away, no you're never turning back And I just can't wait Of what we